Welcome to another episode of the Next in Line podcast brought to you by RFK Refugees Sports Network. I'm coming at you here from the, the uh, recording booth right now. You've got uh, just Adam Davis here right now recording with you. And I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited right now to talk to you about what's happening in the world of Loudoun United and, and the USL Championship in this upcoming week. So I'm recording and, and, and coming at you here on Tuesday the 7th, um, most excited right now about the fact that this is it this is the end of preseason those things that haven't been corrected now you know they're, they're gonna they're gonna have to figure it out the teams are gonna have to figure it out because we are kicking off the 2023 usl championship season on saturday loudon is starting it off on the road i'm gonna talk to you guys about a little bit about that on the road matchup that we've got uh, cooking and uh, a couple other big games we've got coming up in the next few weeks and how uh, how maybe I expect the team to perform in, in these initial matchups. Um, and then I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the roster. I'm going to start with that um, and talk to you about some of the players that we've got on the roster, maybe a little deeper dive than you've, you've gotten from, from me in, in previous episodes. And uh, and, and, and talk about maybe where our strengths are, where our weaknesses are, and the starting lineup that I think is, is going to be trotted out uh, either this, this coming weekend or the following weekend for our home opener. Um, so uh, a, a quick note wrote, to start us off, uh, I, I, the last episode I spoke briefly about the CONCACAF U, U17 um, teams that were involved and the DC United Academy players that were involved. Um, the individuals, and, and since then, um, not only has the tournament ended, but almost immediately after recording that episode, the, the teams that, that we were following were all eliminated, including El Salvador, which had a number of, of um, players, um, most notably uh, Chris Aguerto, who was for the longest time on the, the tournament of the of the team of the tournament. Uh, didn't didn't make the the team of the tournament list. Uh, Mexico, the winners, uh, just completely blanketed that because they were just lobbing goals in left and right, beating opponents seven one, seven two. Um, so either way, there were no players, uh, from DC United Academy who were a part of the trophy lifting, but we did get to at least see the United States go and play in the final against Mexico, despite, uh, giving up, um, what felt like a million penalties, but, um, no big deal. You know, that was a, that was a fun thing to watch and it was a nice little, uh, teaser for those of you who were uh, able to get access to, you know, through, through Fox or through, through other, uh, sporting networks, um, you know, to be able to see some of those academy players play on, on the international stage and represent uh, various uh, CONCACAF nations, that was that was pretty, pretty friggin' cool. Um, uh, another non-sporting news, uh, it, it's exciting to hear that uh, the, the biggest signing and news out of Segerfield this week was uh, not only the, the U.S. Open Cup tickets availability, but the, the signing of a, a new official mascot whose name is going to be uh, I believe voted on and uh, selected by the fans. Uh, I think that went really poorly for Mountain Dew, so hopefully it goes better for Loudon. Um, but we'll find out here shortly who this uh, miniature horse it looks like. I believe a miniature horse, who w- with with wings uh, strapped to it. Who what what the what the name of this this mascot's going to be? Um, so if you're not following this, 
check out the team on, on socials. Uh, they, they've been posting all about it uh, earlier in the week. Uh, it's pretty exciting stuff. So that's enough of that. Um, we're going to jump into, or I'm going to jump into the, the roster breakdown and projected lineup stuff. Uh, so I want to start off with talking about our, in my opinion, our strongest positions based on the roster of where it is now. Now, mind you, everything I say, take for granted, you know, with a grain of salt or however you want to say it, because Coach Martin plays a very different style uh, of football than, than a lot of other coaches you'll see at this level. Um, it's very complex, very complicated. It, it, there's layered. Um, th- there's a lot of uh, importance placed in the wing positions, um, which is, is why I'm going to open up by talking about our stronger positions being generally those those wing winging positions. Um, but, you know, players are going to move around. They're not going to see a uh, very traditional style player placement, um, which which often leads to uh, incorrect lineups uh, being thrown out there by ESPN or FOTMOB, whatever you're following um, roster lineups on. So hopefully I can help you break down why that is and, and where those players may be playing. So to start off, um, what I believe may be our current strongest position is the fullback position. To those of you who maybe aren't familiar, that's your, your left back, right back, your, your wide defensive positions, um, traditionally speaking, in, in more of a of a midfield um, pressing type formation, like like a like a five two three or um, or, or a three four three something like that that you'll see um, in some of the speedier style attacking posi- uh, you know formations out out in Europe uh, that Coach Martin likes to to tinker with. Um, you'll see those in more like wing back positions, so left wing back, right wing back again. So. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that fullbacks will play in those positions. Sometimes you'll see more attacking style players to get you know get back behind the ball um, like that. So I'm going to start off with the traditional fullbacks and, and who I think are, are probably where we're going to see maybe even starting players uh, week one. The, the first is Kwame Awua. Uh, to those of you who, who went to the jersey reveal, he was one of the, the more vocal ones there. Uh, I think that says a lot about the player, uh, not only as a veteran, um, but just in, as an individual and maybe a voice in the locker room, um, he's a traditionally left back or left wing back style player. He's coming to Loudon after spending some time in St. Louis too, which is part of uh, the MLS Next program, and uh, in, in there, um, I, and he's heading here actually just ahead of St. Louis's uh, addition to the the MLS league, right? So their their inaugural season um, probably was hoping to be a part of that roster. Uh, for whatever reason, maybe they didn't have the spot for him. That's okay. Uh, we're excited to have him here. I think he's a big name. He's going to be a big part of our, our team if he can stay healthy. Um, why do I think that? Uh, d- because despite having great performances out for St. Louis, he, he also won two Canadian Premier League titles with, with Forge FC. Um, that, that's nothing to shake a stick at. This is a you know, top-tier championship that he has. So this is a guy coming in with silverware. Uh, to, to us, you know, he's, he's bringing a pedigree of talent that isn't often picked up by Loudon in free agency. Um, and, and in my mind, he's probably being prepped week one for captaincy. Uh, we we love we love defender captains here in Loudon, so I think he fits right into the mold. Um, so long as he can he can be that that voice and that that leader role. Um, you know, this is this is an assumption I'm making. Take it with a huge grain of salt because we have no idea what is happening in, in practice, what's happening in the locker room. We don't know how the conversations are going. Um, you know, he may be a humble individual. He may be more calm or, or subdued in the locker room, and so they may go with someone else. But I would just say, just based on merit and experience, I, I feel like he's he's probably your guy. 
Um, another one is Koa Santos. Uh, so he is traditionally a right back, young right back who uh, recently graduated from San Diego State. Um, but he was immediately thrust into the fight by Charlotte FC during their inaugural MLS season, which wasn't terrible. Um, I mean, they didn't do as bad as DC United last year, so not a shot, but uh, just a fact. Um, he was sent over to the USL League One side Charlotte Independence, and he notched 19 appearances and one goal from the right back, a right wing back position. Um, and he also registered minutes uh, further up the field in kind of a right mid or right wing position as well. So he's kind of going to be that good versatile fit for Coach Martin's uh, right side of the field position. You know, he can be able to move up and down the field, and that's that's great. Um, uh, Gisau Samake is a name that everybody's heard. Uh, he is not announced yet, I believe, unless I missed it. Uh, at least I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not been announced yet as on Loudon's roster. But from what I'm hearing, he not only trained with, practiced with, and went and scrimmaged with Loudon on in, in Loudon jersey, but he is anticipated to be with Loudon for the 2023 season. So new ownership, new situation, affiliation with DC United. Probably you're going to see more of, if you see loans at all, you're going to see more loans of this type, of this ilk, that are um, season-long. Gustav Samaki is probably going to be the first name on a, on a maybe longer list that we're going to see here uh, for the entirety of the USL uh, 2023 USL Championship season. Um, some potential other names, right? So familiar names like Jacob Green, might might come back um you know where in the world is jacob green uh right now we're not exactly sure he obviously trained with dc uh in the preseason but not a lot of not a ton of news coming out of him while you're hearing lots of news coming out about you know uh, ted cudi pietro everybody wants to know about him and his family and what he eats for breakfast every morning um after scoring the game winner against toronto but and, and mattia Kimboni, who who got the start out there uh, over Steve, over an injured, you know, injured uh, Steve Birnbaum for that opening game. Um, you know, everybody wants to know about these guys, but it's been relatively quiet about Green um, slash Greeny. I'm, I'm, not, I'm never exactly sure if it, which pronunciation it is. Um, but uh, yeah, is he training with Loudon? Not sure. Are his future plans outside the DMV? Who knows? Um, but you know, if he's sent out into the world. It's another checkbox in, in, in Loudon's development of DC United players uh, to help line their coffers. But other than that, um, he's, he's someone I'd say 50-50 shot that we, we see him here. Um, he was on the match day roster for DC United in their opening match versus Toronto. He was not on the bench for Columbus. I don't know if he traveled. Another name that I believe the team is trying to secure a signature on is Aiden Roca. So this is uh, someone that was selected by DC United in the Super Draft out of Georgetown. Um, the other selectee, the other, uh, draft was, was unfortunately signed elsewhere in league. Um, but you know, he may be one of those players who's sticking around campus as well to finish some schooling and, you know, but he was listed as a senior in 2022. So that probably isn't the case. Uh, he's, he's a midfielder by trade, but he's played at right back before. So, you know, that's the kind of position that translates really well into, um, into Martin's wingback position type, uh, play. So um, no, no no word on whether he signed that draft contract yet. Uh, I think the time might be up to do that, but uh, or whether he signed a, a pro contract with, with Loudon. More to come there, hopefully. You know, it, it, it would be an awesome and deep fullback uh, roster if we had those names included. Um, next up, we've got wingers and attacking midfielders, kind of all the same. Um, you know, you want that fluidity, and, and that's not just because of their ability to play in those positions, but also because the expectation during any game to fill those positions as as the play evolves. Um, number one on this list is, is Panos Armenakis. 
who is the newest number 10 and probably one of the, the more uh, pro, high-profile marquee-type signings that Loudon made this offseason. Uh, he, he has the ability to play in that attacking midfield position, but he's also comfortable and I think more traditionally played at right wing. Um, he's probably going to be our right wing starter week one, uh, barring health issues. I would I'd, I'd put that put I'd put a very small amount of money on that. Um, you know, he he welcome he's welcome to to Loudon uh, into the United States after spanning a career across Denmark, Belgium, Greece, Italy, and England. Um, and <clears throat> And as the team and and everyone loves to note, and so I will note it as well, Panos was was also listed by the Guardian back in like 2015 as one of the 50 you know quote unquote 50 best young players uh, talents in in of world football. So he's someone who's been in the spotlight for a while. He's not not new to professional soccer. He's played in many different leagues with many different styles of of play. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of potential here for for him. Uh, to, to fit well into, into our system. Um, another big high-profile, in my opinion, signing that I feel like has been not talked about enough, I don't, I don't see a lot of folks uh, at, at the USL level talking about this signing, is Khalil El-Medkar. So he's a top-talent steal, I think, by, by Martin and, and, and the folks that, that brought him in. Um, so he, he com- he's coming to Loudoun from, D- uh, from FC Dallas, so uh, he, he's traditionally a left winger as well, and he was uh, a, a pretty staple you know, contributor to the MLS side's U.S. Open Cup run in 2022. He, he notched a good chunk of minutes, I think 11 appearances, uh, all in all, from their bench during the regular season, and um, I would say he's probably a week one starter. Um, <clears throat> coming back on a pro contract, after being on one last year, is uh, an academy kid by the name of uh, Isaac Espinal. So he's another name in a long line of super talented, high-profile players that's coming out of the the academy, and um, I think he's going to be a name to remember. You know, he's going to be of the the ilk that um, you know Jacob Greeny and Kevin Paredes and Moses Nyman, all those folks, you know, kind of fall under. Um, so he's, I would probably say. Probably the uh, leader in my mind for the next homegrown homegrown contract that DC United maybe pens up uh, sometime in 2023. He'll immediately be in contention for a starting position. Although right now, I think I've got a couple other folks starting over him. So uh, a lot of minutes you're going to see from him. Uh, you know, I in the other potential other options category here, don't hold your breath uh, on on Ted Cudi Pietro. Don't hold your breath on Jackson Hopkins returning. Um, those are monies. I those are players. I think that you could probably put your money in and say that they're gonna gonna stick around. Um, especially following Martin Rodriguez's season-ending ACL injury, um, it, it's a position of, of need that there's not a lot of depth in in DC. Uh, even though they did sign Yamil Assad. This is, uh, you know, they're, they're playing well. They're looking good out there. And, and there's there's so much upside for the two of them <clears throat> to play at the MLS level. So maybe, maybe there's a chance we see one, but I, I doubt it. Um, so, and then your, your final position, I believe that's a, a position right now of strength. And uh, I think this is maybe a misnomer because I think some of these players are going to be deployed elsewhere, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, first up is, is Juan Ramirez. Not a lot about him um, online, other than he is traditionally is originally a local lad, um, 
but so he won't meaning he probably will not take up an international roster spot but you never know how that works exactly so um he came up through the dc united academy u.s uh youth national team as well sometime but most recently it sounds like he's been spending uh his or cutting his teeth out in the spanish second flight um and uh did spend some time in colombia as well uh nanan landry hassau uh he's super skilled central midfielder who may be a little inconsistent at time but obviously played really well enough um to to be re-signed to yet another contract uh, he was brought in from the ivorian side asi i've been guru hopefully i said that right back in 2021 uh, on loan signed to a contract now he signed to another uh year deal <clears throat> so can't see what to see, can't wait to see what he he's got you know cooking for this year and uh i'm sure we will not be uh disappointed um, Cole Turner. Now, this is an exciting name. Um, he's a defensive style central midfielder, midfielder coming out of Philadelphia Union's Academy. Now, DC United's Academy is one of the best in the country and is revered even across the, the world soccer landscape. But Philadelphia Union is of the same tier, maybe even at times considered better. This is this is a, an academy that produces top, top talents, probably better talents than um, DC has in the last 10 years you know they're they're filling out rosters at the at the highest level across Europe right now um, you know like uh, Brendan and Paxton Aronson for instance <clears throat> um, so you know the, Cole Turner I'm not saying he's Brendan Aronson but you know this is a player who, who's who's trained with the best um, he spent a few seasons on loan from Philly uh, across various USL championship MLS next pro squads Um now, of note, if you were at the jersey reveal, he was introduced as a defender. Now, this is my first point of, like, maybe there's some malleability in these positions as well. So maybe the central midfield position isn't necessarily as strong as I'm making it out to be. If he's going to be playing defender in, um, you know, it could be a clerical error, it could be just a, uh, you know, whatever. I, I think he's got potential to, to anchor in midfield. But if he's actually going to be on that back line, then that's one less name we've got listed for uh for for midfield so um alex Nagy is another name he was uh, drafted by dc last year didn't i believe sign his dc united contract with them went back to finish out uh, uh his ncaa career university of vermont and he just thrashed thrashed everybody he <clears throat> was was top uh you know across the the league he was it was a super huge name um absolutely prolific performances um, my way too early projection of the season is that he's one of those names that, you know, really, really plants himself um, as a top tier box to box midfielder across the league. Uh, I think that he I, I would like to see him start early and often. And um, I think there's there's massive upside here. And you don't always see that coming out of the NCAA. But I, I just I, I watch some of his his films, some of his um, performances. And I think he's got the. The, the acumen and the IQ to, to succeed, succeed at the professional level. Um, and then we got Jeremy Gray. Jeremy Gray is just like uh, Gasau Samake, wherein he's not been announced yet. He's still on DC United's roster from what I understand, but he will be, from what I'm hearing, spending the entire 2023 season in the USL Championship with Loudoun United. So we've seen Gray at his best. I think we've seen Gray at his worst, which is still a darn good central midfielder. And that was probably the last season we saw him. Maybe a little bit of a tension between DC and Loudon going back and forth. But, you know, if we can have him focused 
we can have him really participating. I, I think that we've got a, a, a solid, an amazing, a ball controlling, passing midfielder uh, that is able to perform uh, at the highest level for us. So, um, outlook, other projections. I don't know. Uh, um, I'm high on all these midfielders. I'd like to see some more. Um, you know, the presumed loss of who I assume is now retired, <clears throat> Nikki Downs, uh, is going to be a huge hole in the engine engine room for for Coach Martin. Um, maybe it's one that it, we we see depth coming in from these United Academy, and, you know, through some player loans. Uh, Bougie Abukara is is a player that can play in midfield or in a more attacking role. Um, I'd love to see him coming back as well. Um, you know, you've got other players as well training with Loudon from their DC Academy, such as Ignacio Lem. Uh, don't know if he's on a contract, don't know if he's on the team or not, but, you know, I'm not sure what that means, but I, I think he'll be a factor as well for Loudon in 2023. And then um, an Academy starlet that we saw play at times in the last season was Gavin Turner. Um, I'd like to see him, you know, return from injury. He got inj sustained an injury. Uh, in the offseason, and it's definitely going to impact his ability to participate at Loudon's level this year, but um, he had some shining bursts last year of performances last year, so when he recovers, you know, I think he'll be a factor as well. Um, so there. Now, I'm going to talk about weaker positions, and nobody wants to hear this, right? You know, we want to hear that we're strong across the board, but the fact is that there's always room for improvement, right? Um, and some of these aren't maybe critical of the players themselves, but maybe just the unknown factor, you know. So, center back, uh, we've got Bryce Washington uh, coming in from Atlanta United 2, uh, or, you know, the affiliate club to Atlanta United. Uh, he was a vener veteran member of their center back group, but it was a center back group that didn't perform well. He was one of the shining stars on that, but um, ultimately they, they were not a good team. So, hopefully, you know, what was seen in him, you know, in his height will... Uh, be uh, advantageous to Loudon in 2023. Giannis Learman, who is a player who, who played it with in France with FCA Troy's Academy. He was then scooped up by Chicago Fire and rounded out a collegiate career with UCF and Pitt. So he's, he's also six foot one and he's got the kind of tangibles you'd expect to start uh, right away. Not a lot known about him otherwise, though. We don't know exactly where, you know, he falls in the pecking order, you know, where, how he performed. So high potential, you know, but just unknown overall. Then you got Daniel Chica, who is uh, a six foot two defender from George Mason. Um, don't have any professional, notable professional experience that I can find. Um, <clears throat> so he could be someone who's thrust into the fight, you know, day one, he, you know, could be, Un, you know, unsure exactly what, what that looks like. You know, what I think matters most is those preseason performances, which were good. You know, we didn't see a lot of goals getting racked in on us. Uh, so I would say that maybe this isn't a, a position of weakness. But right now, the three of them, without the, the many knowns about them, I, I had to list it as a weak spot. Uh, I'd love for them to one by one, you know, <laughs> remind me that this was a bad call. Um, it, it, it's, it's just, so yeah, you know, you other names that might, we might see, I'm not really sure exactly right now. You know, there was Ethan Pendleton who was, who was training with the team. We've seen him on a couple pictures coming through social media, uh, DC United Academy kid, uh, could see him on the game day roster week one, Mattia Kimboni, he's a name that we'd all love to see back. But like I said earlier, not, not expecting that to happen. Um, <clears throat> he's got a bright future and, um, 
at, at Audi. So don't don't expect um, to see him at Sagara anytime soon. It, it, that'd be my opinion. Um, next up in the weak position category, and and maybe this is because of depth. Maybe this is because unknowns as well. It, it's goalkeeper. Um, right now we have two goalkeepers listed. We got. Dan Jacobman and Hugo Ferro. Jacobman comes to us after a good collegiate career um, and maybe in some time on loan as well to Charlotte from us. So the, the, the coaching staff is familiar with Jacobman. They know what to expect of him. Um, obviously, they brought him back for a reason. That's good, right? That should be enough. Um, he he. You have to do. You have to note that he earned a USL League Two Golden Glove Award. Um, conceding only five goals in 13 matches for Westchester United in 2021 um, while uh, in the midst of his Penn career. And then you got Hugo Ferro. Looks a, a little bit larger resume than Jacob Min, having played in the Nor- Norwegian third tier and UPSL and in two separate USL championship sides. Most recently, Charleston Battery, where he was the predominant starter, maybe not in the beginning, but you know, rounded as the, the main starter for uh, a team and, and had seventh most saves in the league despite not playing the entire season um, with 83 saves. So that's always a stat that makes you a little worried, right? Because he had that many stat saves, which is great, on a team that did not perform well. Um, it was a season where Charleston, who normally are pretty strong, they finished lower than Loudon. They finished, I believe, 12th in the Eastern Conference. So were those saves results of bad team or a stellar talent? I mean, one of the years that Loudon finished in last place and received the wooden spoon <clears throat> was uh, a year that we also set a USL championship record for a single game uh, save record. So unknown what that looks like. Uh, I, I don't think, I, I mean, either of them could easily get the start week one um, in, in our clash against Memphis, but I, I mean, it's unknown who gets the start. I, I'd say I lean toward Jacobin a little bit. Uh, but just because, you know, his inclusion on the roster means Coach Martin's familiar, uh, maybe him and Coach Rooney uh, see potential with him going forward, not sure. Um, other names, there's a, a long list of names in the academy of, of super talented players that we could see trickle up. <clears throat> that hasn't been a successful um, formula as for, for the majority uh, of, of, of its use. But it's potential, nonetheless. Um, and then you got Luis Zumudio, who is the either number two or number three. It sounds like the number three choice goalkeeper up in D.C. <clears throat> and he was last year's Player of the Season award winner for us, the uh, the Next in Line podcast. But I don't know if I really anticipate a return to Seger. I think that his pro uh, contract with D.C. means he's probably staying in D.C. Um, even though he did not make the bench uh, in, in the game, in the, the week two game against Columbus. Striker is another position that is maybe weak, but maybe not weak. I don't know. I think it may just be because of the fact that there's some unknowns there. Starting off, you got Tommy Williamson, who I I think could get the start week one. Um, spent his se- last season on loan, or excuse me, at, at MLS Next Side, Minnesota United 2. Uh, also played for San Jose Earthquakes and Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Um He's got six goals, four assists in the USL Championship in his career, nine goals, three assists in the MLS Next Pro League, and um, this is probably the next big step in his career. So it, it's a, it, I don't know if it's a make or break, but it's a can you perform consistently at this level kind of question. Zach Ryan is another name. Uh, he's coming to Loudon out of New York Red Bulls Academy. 
he could very easily be one of the biggest steals for uh for, for Loudon and DC in general um from uh, a rival team he didn't lodge many minutes for the MLS side he had six appearances and 37 minutes but it, it he he didn't and he, but he did have a bit of a resume um he played for the MLS 2 or excuse me the the USL championship side their 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 MLS 2 side and uh he also for their MLS side played in USL cup minutes and caught a uh <laughs> a goal against DC United in their 3-0 trouncing um, by New York in the U.S. Open Cup. So um, it was a poacher's tap-in, you know, nothing crazy, but a well-designed set play. And uh, yeah, I think that DC fans will not forget his name anytime soon, especially if he performs well. I've got I've got him listed as starter. I go back and forth, but I think he, start, he gets to start week one. And then you got Wesley Leggett. Um, Leggett, Leggett uh, is a young, unproven talent coming out of St. John's University. Another NCAA signing. Um, top quality in NCAA. So, you know, just kind of the question is, what does it prof- translate to at the professional level? Um, he's got all the upside and all the downside in the world. Otherwise, unknown. Um, this is, you know... This is always in, in, in leagues uh, that are not at the <clears throat> the top flight of their nations, always one of the biggest questions. And how do you retain players that are ultra skillful at this position, right? Because if someone's scoring a lot of goals, they go elsewhere and make more money. You know, what we need early and often to set the pace for a successful season is a striker that is putting goals, balls into the net. I mean, it just is what it is. And we really haven't seen a true striper, striker ripping goals since Aliona Nador back in 2019. Um, so I'm just a little bit pessimistic at this position, but I'd love to be just shut up. Um, so starting lineup talk, um, I'm thinking coach Martin is going to go more with the four, three, three style, uh, formation, but you know, uh, excuse me, I think he's going to go with like a three, four, three kind of style or, or like a five, two, three, but it, it may be more of a four, three, three. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that means, um, I don't know, Google, but it, you know, it means it means like either like three defenders and, and a wing back style midfield or uh, defender style movement on the wings. Um, if he does go with that that three four three kind of uh, attacking style formation, I think Zach Ryan is positioned to start at the top. I think on the wings you got Khalil El Medkar and Penos Armenkas who are gonna get those uh, left and right wing spots. In the midfield, I got two traditional midfielders starting. I got Alex Negi and Cole Turner, as that's my preferred. Um, up in the air, could be anybody. Could go Nanan, could go Garay, who knows. Um, and then on the defensive side, I got the, the fullbacks are going to be Cole Santos and uh, Kwame Aua. And I've got I got, I got Chica, Learman, and Washington, all three big guys just starting and holding that center back line um, there. So, you know, moving forward on set plays, uh, you know, I think that they've got huge potential. Goalkeeper, toss up, Jekyllman, let's go. You know, I think that's that's our guy. Um, unless they're seeing huge things out of Pharrell. Um I, I don't know. I'm not sure what depth looks like. You know, you're gonna see all sorts of players coming off the bench. Um, I think Leggett pr- provides um some some additional de- depth at the attacking spots. I think Williamson, if he doesn't get the start, is someone who will see factor into play off the bench early and often. Um, I think Samake, I think, is going to be a, a solid bench and depth option. Um, same with Ignacio Alem. So excited to see what they've got. Um, I'm going a little longer than I intended to because I, I ramble, and that's just the way it is. So I'm going to just 
<clears throat> briefly talk about the upcoming opponents and then I'll wrap this this episode up. So um, first off, we've got Memphis 901. Um, it is our opening match of the season. Is that a good thing? No. Um, is it a bad thing? Ah, it's to, to be determined. I'm not sure. Um, it's an away game and, and Memphis has got a, a, a pretty big following. Uh, they're, they're not a, a team that struggles to sell out uh, their stadium, which doesn't seem like it's done. I think it's under construction. Their field is being replaced. So that's a, it's a question whether or not um, it's going to be ready in time and what that means. Um, they are an, an Eastern Conference giant, uh, at least last season they were. Uh, I, I believe we may have gotten our first ever franchise goal against them back in 2019, but I don't, don't quote me on it. Um, so they are a team that finished second overall in the Eastern Conference last year, and uh, they were knocked out of the, the conference semifinal to Tampa. So they're an absolute proverbial powerhouse, um, rowdy bunch of supporters, and it's a really, really tough opening match uh, for, for Loudon, but an important opportunity to set the record, you know, straight week one. Uh, I, I think if it's a very competitive Eastern Conference this year, and if, if Loudon can, can come in there and just, you know, smack some, some folks around, I think that, you know, play some tough ball, play some fast controlling ball, man, I think that we could really wake up uh, the, the, the league in week one. Week two is a home game, and that's the home opener. Exciting um, that we're going to be able to get a home opener. I think it's on March 19th. And that's going to be against San Antonio FC. And your question is, is San Antonio FC a good team? Well, San Antonio FC won the USL Championship last year. So, yes, they're a very good team. Um, we're following a tough road match with the USL champions playing in Segra Field. Um, not much else can really be said about how unfair uh, our first two weeks are going to start. But um, it doesn't mean they're not winnable. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to sleep on Loudon early and often. And uh, like Indy did uh, in, in week one of 2022 season. So I think if we come out swinging, I think that uh, people are going to make some names for themselves really early here. And it would be really great to get, you know, one or three or, or heck, heck, you know, six points out of this, these first two matchups. But um, yeah, you know, what we're looking for is, is not two losses. That's, that's a great way to start. Um, the, the 2023 season and then skipping a couple weeks and a couple of matches. The other uh, match I want to talk about and, and I'm going to talk about it every single episode is the inaugural ever first ever performance and participation in a trophy, you know, tournament style match. Cause USL's, you know, or excuse me, Loudon has never made the USL playoffs. And that is uh, our match against North Carolina FC at Segura field in the U S open cup, excuse me, the Lamar hunt U S open cup. Um, the, oldest longest professional soccer or soccer tournament in the United States um, since 1914 it is um, yeah it, it's paramount importance North Carolina FC is a, a team that we're familiar with we played against them twice in our inaugural season back in 2019 it was uh, an away loss I believe 2-0 and, and a home smackdown it was like three or four zero um, we, we won so so we're, we're one and one in, in actual matchups we played them in the preseason from what I heard, it was a number two like roster. We did not give our starters away um, to them, so they are not aware of tactics and performances and players. Uh, it was a 2-1 loss that we had. It was on March 4th, but again, it was our second squad. So the fact that they, we scored and, and held them to 2-1, I think means that uh, it, there's some good, good hope there. Uh, they are a USL League 1 team, meaning that they're in the tier below us, but that doesn't mean a lot. 
in America, right? The USL League One teams are, are really not that far below uh, the USL Championship teams. I think that as the USL Championship has now rid itself completely of any uh, MLS affiliate side, so you're seeing less and less of the just 16-year-old academy kids just filling rosters, I think that you're going to see the USL Championship really start to distance itself from League One and League Two teams, but Look, just because they're in the tier below doesn't mean it's a it's an easy win. I, I will, we might be favorites, but I don't know that we are. Um, we've got home field advantage, and I think it's important that folks uh, get out there. So if you're listening this far in the podcast and you care about this team, which obviously you're either really bored and stuck in traffic or you, you do care about this team, then, then do what I did and go out, get your tickets. I just bought them. They just went on sale this morning. Um, we got to fill this stadium. We really got to let... The players know that you know it means a lot that we are playing in this tournament. So, um, you know, it's just it's super super exciting. If you're a fan of soccer, if you're a fan of uh, you know the the American soccer, and you're a fan of this team, then man, just just get get ginned up and get ready to go. Because uh, I am, and, and you should be too. So, um, that's all I've got for you all this week. You know, that's that was a lot. That's a lot to take in. I uh, hope hope you had your notepads ready. Um, if you see me around, I'm always I'm always up to talk roster, talk uh, players. Uh, you know, just just come. You know, uh, pull on my shirt and I will uh, I'll, I'll talk your ear off. But be ready because obviously you can tell I don't want to stop talking about it. So um, that's all I got this week. Uh, I'll talk to you in in a couple weeks. And, and you know we'll we'll have some results to talk about and a little more. So uh, either way, have a great one and signing off. <laughs>